The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to Voice Search Week on the MarTech Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Knit. Knit is a dynamic ad insertion platform that allows you to reach your target audience with podcast ads on premium podcast content like CNN, Bleacher Report, and TMZ. Knit is a self-service platform with no minimum order sizes, so it's easy to test no matter the size of your business or your budget. And you can choose which shows, geographies, and keywords you want to target. I'm a Knit customer and can vouch that it's an easy and cost-efficient way to market your product or service. If you're interested in learning about Knit, click the link in our show notes or go to benjshap.com slash knit, that's K-N-I-T, to book a strategy session and I will personally help you set up your first campaign. That's benjshap.com slash knit, K-N-I-T, to start building your audience with Knit. Bringing podcast advertising to the people, that's Knit. This week, we're doing a deep dive into one of the fastest rising technologies impacting content marketers today, voice search. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know to build a voice-enabled marketing strategy. Joining us for Voice Search Week is Courtney Cox Wakefield, who is a co-author of Voice Search, the new search engine. Outside of being an author, Courtney is also the head of consumer digital marketing at Children's Health Hospital, which is one of the top care facilities in the United States. So far this week, we've talked about the landscape of the voice search industry, and today we're going to turn our conversation to focus on how the major players in the voice search industry are different and who's going to win. Here's the second installment of Voice Search Week with Courtney Cox Wakefield, author of Voice Search, The New Search Engine. Courtney, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back. Yesterday, we talked about the overall landscape for marketers using voice search. What's the difference between building a skill or doing your content optimization? Do you need to be building your content for in the home or for people on the go? And today, I really want to focus our conversation more on the big players that are focused on voice search. I think that there's three obvious ones. There's your Amazon Alexa's your Siri for Apple and Google's assistant for Google. What's the landscape look like in terms of who are the voice search providers and who are the other companies that are doing a great job and making waves in the voice search industry? 
So for consumers or for the general public, you're right. There's three big players. You've got Apple, you've got Google, and you've got Amazon. Those are the three big players. Microsoft also has Cortana, not a lot of use compared to the other three. And then I think another really important thing to acknowledge is that there are also these emerging big players. Really, we don't know who those people will be in the more B2B space where people are actually creating these specific tools and technology to be used by businesses to enable voice within their companies. So for example, there is a new product coming out of Vanderbilt that is specifically built for healthcare providers that works with the electronic medical record system and allows doctors to use that voice technology to actually just look at their patient and work with their patient and talk to the voice device while they're looking at their patient instead of having to go to their computer and type and be looking at their computer the whole time that their patient is in there for a visit. So there's also this other B2B side that's starting to emerge. And Amazon in particular is really leveraging this well. They're actually creating a B2B product for Alexa called Alexa for Business, where they're trying to get into hospitals and to schools and to other businesses to create better experiences for customers with their voice technology. So there's really those two prongs. That's interesting. So there's basically the consumer products, and then there's a budding B2B, more specialized ecosystem in the voice search industry. Let's talk a little bit more about the consumer side. To me, it looks like Amazon had the first mover advantage in terms of the smart home products. Google is a search engine, and I'm guessing is probably the best equipped to answer questions. And Siri is integrated into the smartphone revolution. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. How do you think about the difference between the three? Who's getting the most adoption? Who's going to win? 
It's so hard to tell right now. I think it's pretty clear that Apple is too far behind to win. They came in with Siri, but Apple HomePod really, in comparison, has been a flop. And it's really important to have that in-home piece to dominate in the market. Why do you say it's been a flop? Sales haven't been nearly what they've been for Alexa and Google Home. There's a certain market who really cares about the audio quality and the look of that product and also sort of just the prestige of having a Apple product. But they were last market compared to Amazon and Google. So their sales haven't been nearly what they could have been if they had been earlier to market. For example, I already had my home completely equipped with Alexa. I'm the type of person that would spend more money. If Apple had come out at the same time, I probably would have bought Apple because it would integrate with all my other products. But I didn't because they weren't first to market in that early adopter that's willing to spend more money and is really techie. They missed out on that because now all of us have our homes filled with Alexa devices. That person already was questioning, do I switch over to Google Home? I've already got all these Alexa devices. I'm already sort of bought in. And then you add this third product and it's like, oh, forget about it. So at least for that early adopter, I think that's definitely the case. And then they just don't have either of the two major things that Amazon and Google have. So Amazon has all of that consumer data about you from all of your shopping that makes your life really easy if you're doing shopping or asking questions about products. And then the advantage that Google has is that Google has the ability to pull in all of that rich search information about us. They have our entire search history since we've been logged into Google to draw on. They have billions of searches that they have had historically to draw on in terms of like related questions that people ask. And they really understand semantics really well because of all that search data. So the type of answers that they're able to provide back are better than what you could be provided on Siri, right? Like I can't tell you how many times I've asked Siri a question and all she does is just serve up Google search results instead of giving me a real answer. That's not what people want. They want an answer back. They want to interact with this technology like it's a human. And Siri just doesn't do it as well as Amazon and Google have been able to do. I think the real reason Amazon is winning is because Amazon is leveraging the best of both worlds. They provide Google's instant answers when they need an answer to a particular question. And they also have that shopping piece and the first-to-mark skill set. So for me, they're kind of out front right now, but I think it still remains to be seen who's going to win. I have to say that I have all three devices in my home and I have two of them plugged in. Wow. I have an Alexa because I wanted to test the technology when it first came in. And I bought a HomePod because I like the idea of having the same operating system integrated through the TV and your phone. Your phone becomes sort of the remote control for your life. And then for the security system that we bought for the house that I'm building that's still under construction, we bought a series of Nest cams and they came with a Google Home Assistant, but I haven't plugged it in. Mm. And the truth is my guess is my favorite of the three devices is going to be the Google Assistant because I think that Google as a organization has an advantage in terms of the understanding of language, sort of the semantic search component and the machine learning to be able to optimize what the right answer for your question is. I find myself wanting to ask my home devices questions 
And then I also think that the operability of the smart home is kind of table stakes and everybody does it well. It either works or it doesn't. And to me, it's like, great, I can buy stuff through Alexa But how often am I actually going and doing my shopping while I'm in my living room, just spouting off all the things that I need? I'm going to end up going to the grocery store anyway. Maybe that's just me. My guess is that I'm going to be happiest with Google Home. But then again, I have to do another bit of training to actually get that to work, which is getting my wife and my son to actually say, okay, Google, not, hey, Alexa or hey, Siri. Yeah, and that's huge. My wife is even just resistant to saying Alexa because she doesn't feel like it understands her as well as it understands me. So she gets frustrated with it. So that whole retraining of, okay, now we've got to like do this again with a different device and figure out the different nuances of the way that it understands language. There's definitely some resistance there. And one of the things that you said that I found really interesting was that you wouldn't do shopping on it. And I think that that's true for a lot of people. So I almost wish that you could get the best of all worlds by having the device divorced from the assistant. I almost wish that you could have a device that has multiple assistants on it. So you could call Alexa, you could call Google, you could call Siri, depending on what you need it to do. I mean, it would all come from one device. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's working on a technology to do that, but there's definitely going to be some resistance from these big three to integrating their technology all into one place. Yeah, I saw today that there was an article launched that the Google Assistant app for iOS, you can create a shortcut where you say, hey, Siri, okay, Google, and it asks Google the question. You have to do some setup, but you could basically daisy chain them and have your iPhone answer. Oh, interesting. I think that's the one thing that Apple has done the best is maybe it's just me because I am an iOS device user. It's like I have my phone with me and I might have my AirPods in or my iPhone or if I'm at home, my HomePod. Either way, I have the same command wherever I'm going as opposed to with Alexa. I don't use an Alexa phone. I don't have an Android, although I'm sure there's millions, maybe even billions of people that do. But to me, the integrated operating system is something that I think will, over time, become more important. But I think that Apple has a distinct advantage there as well, even though the product is probably third in terms of functionality right now. I agree with you on that. I think it remains to be seen who's going to be the winner. We're in baby stages, the maturity level of this technology, and even in the way that we use it is so low. If you had asked who was going to win in the mobile space 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you would have said Nokia. You never would have said Apple. So I think it's a mistake to say who the winner is going to be now. So it'll be really interesting over the next 15 or 20 years to look back at this podcast and say, oh, we were so wrong. Hey, I was a Motorola Razor flip phone guy. I would have bet the house on Motorola. But then again, that's why I don't bet on tech stocks all that much. Yeah, no kidding. Any other players that you think or any other advice on how we should think about who are the major players and what they're doing in the industry for voice search? Those are definitely the big three. If you pay attention to Amazon, Google, and Apple, you're going to know what's going on. There's other players in terms of just folks that are sort of thought leaders on this technology Voice First FM has several podcasts about it, and they always have people on them talking about this technology, not so much marketing, but just the way that the technology works itself. If that interests you, I would definitely check those guys out. They even have some specific podcasts that are about healthcare and things like that. 
Interesting. So it's good to follow those things too, just to see like, where's the technology going? Because I always follow them to think, okay, it's changing in this way, or it's predicted to change in this way. How am I going to leverage that for marketing in two years? So I can be thinking about that when I'm developing my content now, so that it's sort of future-proof or as future-proof as it can possibly be. So that's the only other thing I would recommend in terms of big players to pay attention to is just the people who are actually doing the philosophizing about how this technology is going to work in the future. So check out Voice Search FM if you want a podcast to hear more about the voice search technology as it grows. I think that's a great resource. Thanks for sharing. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Courtney Cox Wakefield, author of Voice Search, the new search engine for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Courtney's tips for building a great voice search enabled marketing strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning when we're going to discuss how voice search is impacting the SEO and content marketing industries. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Courtney and her book, go to voicesearchbook.com. A special thanks to Knit for sponsoring this podcast. If you're interested in testing podcast advertising as a marketing channel, click the link in our show notes or go to benjshap.com slash knit, that's K-N-I-T, to book a strategy session with me where I'll personally help you set up your first Knit campaign. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you. So we've built benjshap.com slash question, where you can submit your questions that we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out via social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, which you can use to find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to the rest of Voice Search Week, we've got great episodes lined up for the rest of the month. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.